What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the show. Today, we are talking about um, a post that I made maybe a week or so ago, and the post read, if you gain weight every time you stop tracking, you did it wrong. I made some notes. If you see me looking over here, if you watch on YouTube, I made a couple notes just to keep myself on track here. If you gain weight every time you stop tracking, you did it wrong. And I want to talk about that because I think a lot of people are in this scenario where they track for a little while, they do you know a deficit or something like that, and then they either fall off kind of naturally or they choose to stop tracking and they you know, go on to gain weight, whatever weight they lost, maybe they gained more weight, you know, things sort of unravel and they go back to normal. It's like, hey, when I track, I'm good. When I don't track, I'm not good. You know, that sort of mentality of or rhetoric that you might hear. And so let's talk about a little bit. What, what does that mean? What, if somebody says that to me, what are the things that I might infer as a coach? What are some things that if a client said this to me in like an onboarding call, what I what I might infer and, and how I might change things? Um, I was supposed to make some notes about actually how to transition off tracking. Cause I think that that's also a scenario where people are like, Hey, like this might not happen to me, but I'm nervous that it, 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 it might not have happened to me already, but I'm nervous that it's going to happen when I do stop tracking. So this is either a scenario where somebody's done this before, where they track, they stop, they gain weight, or you're listening to this thinking I've been tracking for a while, but I'm nervous that if I stop tracking, this is what's gonna happen. So we'll cover this with uh, both of those contexts in mind. I'll try and specify uh, if and when I feel like I need to here. Um, And what I will say, yeah, I will say that the context I'm not talking about is the person who's maybe tracked for six weeks and is worrying about what's gonna happen in a year from now when when they wanna stop doing this or if they wanna stop doing this. Uh, Because that person might still be in the education state of things. And yeah, if you've only tracked for six weeks and you've only let's say been working on your nutrition and exercise habits for six weeks or so, then yeah, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't expect you to just like stop tracking, let's say, and then, and then keep all those. I, I, I just wouldn't expect you to be in a state where your expectation should be that you're just going to ride off into the sunset and be fine no matter what. I'm talking about somebody who, let's say, has been tracking for a year or has tracked many times and, you know, is either nervous that when they do stop tracking that they will gain weight back or has had that happen on a recurring basis after prolonged periods of tracking. If you're just getting into this, whether this meaning tracking or just, you know, paying more attention to your nutrition, trying to improve things, I think you're still in a state of learning and education where, yeah, I don't think your expectation should be that you're going to just nail this the minute you stop tracking. Um, And so... If you gain weight every time you stop tracking, you did it wrong. What am I What am I saying when I say that? Well, what am I inferring? What am I guessing about how this went for you? Um, number one, by far, the first, first and foremost, the thing I think is the most important thing we're going to talk about today is that you focused too much on the numbers and not enough on the habits. And let's be real. Um, it's the habits that keep you healthy. It's the numbers that dial that in, let's say, right? It's the numbers that allow you to be specific and and provide some education along the way. But, you know, the calories you're eating and the calories you're burning, they matter uh, more than the actual act of tracking them. And what I mean by that is you've been focusing too much on playing macro Tetris and not enough establishing habits that are going to provide a safeguard, right? Going to provide a safeguard against future weight gain. And... What I mean is that, you know, listen, it's not always as easy as, you know, when you're thinking about stopping tracking and you want to continue to maintain uh, your body weight, body composition, your health status, whatever. It's not always as simple as, hey, you know, just keep doing what you were doing. You know, stop tracking, but just keep doing what you were doing. What I mean is it's not always that simple, but that is what you do, right? It's like funny. It's like, 
It's not that simple, meaning the application of that isn't always super simple, but that is what you do. Someone's like, hey, how do I stop tracking but maintain my health? You do what you've been doing, you just don't track it, right? But the problem is where somebody might say, well, what have I been doing? Like, what what habits? What are you talking about, Jordan? What things have I been doing that I should keep doing? Because a lot of people are, are just waking up and playing macro Tetris every single day. They don't have any of these foundational core habits in check that will allow them to unravel tracking and maintain a healthy lifestyle. And that's what I mean. If you stop tracking and everything falls to shit, then you didn't build up any of these core foundational habits. I wrote in my notes, identity change. Like there's an actual identity shift that that needs to happen on some level. You need to become the kind of person who does the things that you would need to do to be a healthy person or to, to achieve whatever goal that you are. Like you actually need to have fundamental lifestyle shifts. You need to be the kind of person who does the things that will maintain whatever goal or health status that you have. And that person probably just isn't waking up and randomly playing macro Tetris with no prepping, planning, activity goals, structure. They probably have some of those things in place. Um, and I always laugh because some people are like, how do I how do I stop tracking but but stay fit, let's say? Let's use that as a proxy for whatever, maintaining goals, maintaining health status. And the answer is, you just do what you've always been doing, but you don't track it. And I bet you, you'll do better than you think. And that goes for people who have spent some time building these core foundational habits. And I know this because I watch my clients go through this all the time where they've been tracking for, let's say, a year, and they're nervous about stop stopping tracking, and they ask how, how you know, I'd like to experiment with not tracking. What am I gonna do? What do I do instead? And because I know the way I coach, we've been spending a lot of time on things like tracking your movement, counting your steps, having an exercise routine, like um, meal composition by having a protein and a plant at every meal, focusing your meal building strategy around a protein and a plant having a regular consistent eating pattern, right? Knowing, hey, I eat at eight, 12, three, and six. That's when I eat and, and I know that that's a pattern that I can reasonably stick to and that keeps me energized throughout the day. They have learned enough nutrition knowledge to make smart decisions when they're out to eat or out of friends or just ordering off a menu. They meal prep in some way, shape, or form. We're not necessarily talking about two weeks of meals Tupperware out to the gram, but we're talking about some form of preparation and that starts with a food shop. It starts with um, maybe batch cooking proteins. It means when you cook one meal, maybe you cook a second meal for another time. Um, it means, you know, organize, uh, uh, from a food shopping perspective, maybe you're purchasing things and stocking your house and stocking your pantry with easy on the go, high protein options, not always high protein, but some high protein fruits, things that you can grab and go, things that are more readily available, optimizing your environment, not having candy corn out. I say candy corn because that's that's what we have out on the counter right now. Um, not having candy corn or three-day-old Starbucks muffins for those of you guys who followed Muffin Gate, you know, optimizing your environment such that those stimuli aren't in your face 24-7. Um, focusing on things like sleep, hydration, stress management learning to adopt a flexible mindset where, you know, one day over your calories or one day where you, you know, um, ate less nutritiously doesn't send you down a spiral, right? Um, and maybe some form of self-monitoring, like maybe you still uh, get on the scale, either daily, weekly, monthly, whatever. Maybe you still take body measurements. Maybe you're still doing progress photos. Maybe you're doing none of that, but some form of self-monitoring, right? Um, 
Now, what I'm talking about, all of those core habits, if you don't have any of those, if you're not working on any of those and all you're doing is waking up playing mac macro Tetris every single day, yeah, I bet you when you stop tracking, you're gonna gain weight because I bet you when you stop tracking, your habits will go back to what they were before when you weren't tracking. I bet you that your habits aren't, let's say, good enough to keep you where you're at because you haven't been working on them. You've just been waking up and plugging shit into an app without thinking about meal composition or getting your movement in or you know uh, all the things I just talked about. Meal prepping, having a uh, flexible mindset, uh, having a regular eating pattern, uh, tracking your steps, having an exercise routine, getting to sleep at a normal hour, all stress management. You haven't been working on any of that stuff. All you've been doing is relying on the numbers, which yeah, it's true. If you, if you eat the right amount of calories and protein, like you'll see results, totally. But the minute you take that away, that's sort of like almost like a pseudo Hawthorne effect where like you're no longer plugging it in and you maybe your coach isn't looking at your numbers anymore and all of a sudden you change your behavior now. Um, and so what we wanna do is we wanna keep doing the behaviors that you were doing alongside tracking, all of the things I just talked about, which you should be doing alongside of tracking, should be focused on alongside of tracking. And I bet you, you will do better than you think. If you've spent a year tracking your calories and working on adjusting your lifestyle and habits, right, in all of the ways I just mentioned, then transitioning to not tracking will be a lot easier. And and, and frankly, you, you really do just go to doing the things you were doing without tracking. Eating the foods, eating the meals, eating at the times, going for the walks. It's your habits that keep you healthy. It's not my fitness pal. Yes, my fitness pal. It's like your spending habits, right, are the things that help you save money, not whether or not you keep a budget. Whether or not you keep a budget can provide some external accountability, for sure. It can help you get a clearer picture. It can provide education. All the things that tracking can do. But if you've kept a budget, a strict, meticulous budget for a year, you know that it's your tra that it's your spending habits that are going to keep you, you know, whatever, doing the thing you want to do with, with your money, let's say. Um, and that's the big one, honestly. There are some other things that we're going to talk about in a second, but I'm such a big proponent of, yeah, if we're going to track, that's cool, but we're going to get you uh, living the kind of life you need to live that you can stop tracking if you want, right? If you feel like that's right for you, we're going to get you to a place where you have a lot of core habits that safeguard you against, you know, gaining all your weight back, let's say. Um, and, and the other things that come to mind in terms of like, if this is you where you're every time you stop tracking, you gain weight, or you're incredibly scared of stopping, you know, stopping tracking because you fear weight gain. Um, you probably did some unsustainable stuff alongside tracking, right? You probably, while you were tracking, you probably didn't work on a lot of the things, the things that we just mentioned, but you probably also either went really, really low in calories and you're feeling mega restricted from a food quantity, or you excluded foods you like, and the minute you stop tracking, you go back to including those foods that you've been restricting, and they cause you to overeat. Um, or you've been, you know, restricting when you're eating. Like you've you you did unsustainable stuff that now that you're not tracking, you don't want to keep doing. Right? You did stuff that you could, in the moment, never have seen yourself doing for the long term. And I'm a, I'm a big proponent of yeah, you're. The way you live your life in a deficit isn't exactly, precisely how you will live your life at maintenance because by definition, you'll have more calories and those trade-offs will change. I mean, the life you live at 2,200 calories is certainly a little bit more flexible than the life you live at 1,600 calories. That's for sure. But the core foundational habits will stay the same. If you don't have them, then yeah, it's, 
I'm not betting on you to stop tracking and just maintain your health and your weight and whatever else you're trying to maintain. And another one that comes to mind is you never practiced not tracking along the way. And so a lot of people are like, hey, I've been tracking for a year and I'm really nervous about stopping tracking because I don't want to gain weight. And yeah, you have no practice with this. And I think you should, uh, uh, it's so funny, it's um, my my good friend who is a dog trainer who helped us train Callie and Gunner, um, he always says, don't practice on game day. You know, and, and with the dog training, it's like, hey, don't, you know, expect your dogs to behave amazingly well when you have guests if you never practiced having guests, right? Don't make that the first time you practice with them. Set them set them up with those scenarios and, and practice it so that when it comes time to do it for real, they've had practice. So don't practice on game day. Shout out, Steven. Very good dog training. If you need dog training, best in the biz. Um, but you never practice not tracking during the time that you were tracking. And what I mean by that is when you're, I'm big on this. I'm, I used to, you know, if a client goes on vacation or a long weekend or they have family over, they're going out to dinner, they have these opportunities where tracking is difficult, right? When you're not cooking the food, it's not going on your food scale. Um, and they're like, hey, how do I track this restaurant meal? How do I track for the three days I'm on vacation? How do I track at this wedding? I don't actually like having people track during those times, which is kind of, kind of cracks me up because it, it it takes the issue of tracking during those times off the table. I don't want you to track on the three-day vacation. Now, again, not categorically. These are always up for debate with my clients. I don't have any hard and fast rules. Of course, there might be scenarios where we want somebody to track in some regard during a sort of vacation or long weekend or something. But I'd say I'd start with a default. My default setting will be, hey, why don't we use this as an opportunity to practice a more principle-based approach? Because I want you to have more than just macros. I want you to be able to look at a menu and think, how can I construct a balanced meal? How can I pick something that's satiating? How can I get the things I need from a nutrition standpoint to fuel my goals? Um, How do I know when I'm full? I want you to pay attention to hunger and satiety signaling. I want you to think about trade-offs. I want you to internalize the idea that you can have anything, but maybe not everything all the time. And the best time to do that is during the process. And so if you have these long weekends of vacation, families in town, you're going out to just a single night dinner at a restaurant, how about we lean into those opportunities where it's difficult to track to not track and to focus on a principle-based approach? Because those are, that's ultimately how you're going to ha- how you're going to have to live if you want to live not tracking and be healthy and maintain all the things that you got with tracking, let's say. Um, and so that's something I'm big on. A lot of people like talk a lot about, like, I bet you the majority of you listening to this, if you've tracked, the hardest part about tracking is vacation. It's restaurant meals. It's when you have family over, it's potlucks, it's barbecues. Yeah, those are all opportunities, I would say, to practice not tracking, to practice something else, to practice a basic meal composition, a, hey, 33, you know, one third of your plate is protein, one third is vegetables, one third is carbs, everything fits on one plate. You can only go back for seconds for protein and vegetables, whatever. Some strategy that doesn't have to do with tracking so you can practice what it will be like ultimately if you decide you don't want to track. What are you going to do if I strip away my fitness pal? If I delete my fitness pal, do you have a plan? If you don't, we better practice that shit alongside your tracking and specifically in opportunities like this where tracking is difficult. Great, tracking is really tough. Listen, hold on, let me backtrack. Tracking is not always super difficult at a restaurant. It's not always super difficult in these scenarios, but these are scenarios that almost open the door and say these are opportunities for us to practice not tracking. Um, 
And I'd really like to use those. And I think that that's something that I love doing with clients because frankly, it takes away the stress of trying to track restaurant food and vacation food. And yeah, okay, that it brings on a different stress of like, okay, but what do I do instead? But that's a good thing for us to focus on for the long term. Whether you track every day for the rest of your life and you ride off in the sunset and you love tracking, and you do it forever or not, and you eventually want to transition off, I think it is an opportunity to arm yourself with more tools than just what are the macros, right? We're focused on nutrition here. Maybe we're focused on identifying a protein, getting a lot of fiber on our plate. We're focused on maybe getting back in touch with our hunger and satiety signaling. And I think we should be doing that alongside tracking, uh, either daily alongside tracking or finding pockets and opportunities to really lean into it um, here. When it comes to other things that come to, when it comes to other things that come to my mind when I think about not tracking, one of them is that actually, a lot of people think when they stop tracking, they, they have to stop using a food scale. Now, I'm not, uh, listen, if something's giving you a lot of anxiety and it's maybe um, enhancing some disordered eating patterns, it's putting you in a very neurotic mindset, it's it's a net negative in your life, like using a body weight scale or a food scale or tracking, and you you and or your coach together decide that these things aren't great for you, no problem. But if you're in a if you're in a healthy mindset about some of this stuff, I think that one of the funny things is like people will say, "I want to stop tracking," and I'll say, "Okay, like, you know, you can keep using your food scale." You know what I mean? Like, and I'm going to go off on a small tangent here because I think some people think the food scale also needs to go. Like, oh, your tracking is giving me a lot of anxiety. I also can't be using the food scale. Well, that's not true. I mean, they're separate things. If 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 Tracking it in the app is causing you some anxiety, but the food scale is actually helping you identify portion sizes. I think that that's totally a fine thing to keep doing. I know that when I make a shake, first of all, I'm not tracking calories right now. I use the food scale every day. Um, I use it because it helps me identify portion size. Like a lot of people will say shit like, you should just pick however much you want. It's like, yeah. I was making a bowl of, of dark cherries and yogurt the other day. And I was like, I... Put, I was like, hey, let me do this without the food scale. I put a bunch of dark cherries in the bowl and I was like, this is about, I guess, how much I would want. But I also know that I want two servings. I also know that I want six grams of fiber. And it's the same with the yogurt. If I just put the yogurt in the bowl, I'm like, that kind of looks like how much I would want. But I also know that I want two servings of this. I also know that I want the 30 grams of protein. And so to me, the food scale is just a tool to help you assess portion size and you don't need to get rid of the food scale. I bet you that that when you're tracking, you're using the food scale a ton. And I bet you that you know right now a food that you eat very consistently, you can tell me exactly how much of it on the food scale it is. I'll give you an example. When I make a protein shake, I do 360 grams of milk, 50 grams of protein, right? And, and whatever, 20 grams of peanut butter. I know that that's my shake. If I tomorrow stop tracking, like I know that that's a shake that helps me um, hit the protein that I need, and the satiety that I need, right? I know that that amount of those three ingredients helps me get enough protein and helps me feel satiated. And if I stopped tracking, I would still measure out those ingredients because I know, hey, roughly that's a roughly amount of calories that fills me up. It's enough protein, enough satiety, and there's nothing wrong with continuing to use your food scale. Uh, I think a lot of people are, oh, stop tracking, gotta stop using the food scale. It's like, no, you don't. Like, if you're making chicken, you want to make sure you have a nice hearty amount of chicken, like you can put the chicken on the food scale. But like, yeah, I need 48 ounces of chicken, whatever. Four to eight, not 48. Um, I, I, I just, I think people get crazy about like, oh yeah, food scale is disordered. It's like, 
it might be. I'm not trying to be condescending if you're in a circumstance where you just doesn't feel like it's a good relationship with you. You guys don't have a good relationship. It's putting you in a, in a headspace that's overly meticulous, that makes you feel like overly neurotic and you just, it feels right to eyeball it. That's great. You should totally do that. But I don't, I think we, I think a lot of times when we talk about tracking, people assume that we're talking also about putting stuff on a food scale. You can continue to put stuff on a food scale. I bet you during the year that you've been tracking, you've kind of learned what a decent decent portion of many different foods is for you. I know that when I make um, sourdough bread, when I'm having bread and I have a big loaf, I know that I like to have like 150 grams of that sourdough, give or take, right? And I kind of know what that looks like. But instead of the, to me, the stress of, the, the, uh, I'm gonna make a statement here, but I'm not stressed out about really any of this stuff right now. I'm in a good headspace about this. But to me, just making a couple slices and throwing it on the food scale and being like, yep, that's 150. To me, that's very easy and and gives me, um, doesn't bring up any anxiety feelings. It's like, hey, I know that roughly 150 grams and that's roughly two big slices, but sometimes it's not in big slices. Sometimes the loaf is is oddly shaped, let's say, or it's more narrow and I'm, okay, I just put it on the food scale for a second and I'm like, okay, 150 grams. It's not like I'm, if it has 146, I'm gonna shave off a little bit more. If it has 154, I'm gonna take a little bit off, but it helps me identify a portion size that I know is right for me. And so that's a point I really wanted to make where I think a lot of people use the food scale often when they're tracking and when they're not tracking, they think they have to get rid of the food scale. You don't. The the, the food scale can be an amazing tool to help you continue to pick portions that you know are right for you, that you learned while you were tracking. And so if you can do that, if you can work on foundational habits, things like an exercise routine, tracking your steps, building your meals around a protein and a plant, having a regular and consistent eating pattern, um gaining nutrition knowledge so you can make smart decisions when you have a menu, meal prepping in some way, shape, or form, optimizing your environment in terms of not having a bunch of hyperpalatable, low satiety foods around you all the time, focusing on sleep, hydration, stress management, adopting a flexible mindset. Um, you should be doing all that stuff alongside tracking so that you can become the kind of person who does the things that will help you maintain your weight with or without meticulous tracking. But alongside that, while you are tracking, you should be practicing that. You should be practicing some principle-based eating approach. Some opportunities to practice this should be taken. Um, And you should ask yourself, while you're tracking, are you doing a whole bunch of things that you really don't want to do for the long term? Maybe that's eating really low calories. Maybe that's completely excluding foods that you like in their entirety, and that's just something you don't think you're going to do forever. And when you stop tracking, you just go and include those foods. And yeah, I, I... I bet that that doesn't go super well. Um, and then acknowledge that you, you can still use the food scale if you want. Like if that helps you build meals that you know meet the nutrition requirements that you need, meet the satiety requirements that you need, meet the caloric requirements that you need, there's nothing wrong with using the food scale to continue to just, you know, get portions of food on the plate that you know are right for you. There's nothing wrong with that. And if it doesn't feel right for you, that's cool. But I think we've set people up where that's the expectation, that you're supposed to go from tracking and the food scale to just eyeballing everything. And I bet you that because you've been tracking and you've been using school, that you're the scale, that you're pretty good at eyeballing, I bet you, but there's nothing wrong with being like, yeah, just gonna put the yogurt on the scale and scoop out two servings because I want that much protein, or I know that that's a good serving for me. There's just nothing wrong with that at all. I will defend that to the death. Inherently, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, Cool, anything else I wanted to go through today? 
Remember, if you, if you gain weight every time you stop tracking, you did it wrong, and it's probably something that has to do with some of the things we've talked about today. Um, you're not at a loss. I think that there's always room for us to kind of iterate a process we've done in the past. If you've tracked and maybe you didn't do some of this stuff or um, you didn't practice not tracking, I think it's a really, really good idea. Um, practicing not tracking it's so funny because so many of my clients at, at when we hit that like year mark, they're like, Hey, like, you know, meanwhile, we've been practicing, we've set up these core habits. We've been practicing upon, you know, given opportunities to practice, not tracking, we've taken them and they're like, Hey, you know, maybe I want to give not tracking a, tr- a shot, a shot. And they're a little nervous about it. Ad- admittedly, which happens, I'd say almost invariably 90 plus percent of the time, they just ride off into the sunset, maintaining their body weight. Uh, and they do amazingly well. They can track if they want. They cannot track if they want. And they have that power and that control to do whatever feels right because they have set themselves up for success by working on those foundational habits and practicing it along the way. And, and also, you know, not doing crazy unsustainable stuff that the minute, you know, air quote, the diet is over, they, you know, they want to stop doing. Um, I'm sure after I hit stop on this, I'll think of some other caveats and disclaimers and nuance and all that stuff, but I'm going to hit, uh, I'm going to leave you guys here. Um, and hopefully that was helpful. And if you're somebody who is tracking, looking to stop tracking, I think maybe starting with a day during the week where you just say, hey, on this day, I don't open the app. That is a really good way. I, I would have liked to, um, in another podcast, I think I will go through a little bit more systematically how I would go about doing this, but to keep it quite simple, if you are somebody who is tracking, who wants to try not tracking, I would start with just one day. Just say, hey, on Wednesdays, I don't open the app. And guess what you do? You do what you normally do. You can put stuff on the food scale, totally fine. You just don't open the app. And I bet you a light bulb goes off where you're like, oh shit, if I just keep doing what I've been doing, I'm probably gonna be fine. And I chuckle because yeah, it's not always that simple, but it is exactly how this works is you just keep doing what you were doing, but you stop tracking. And as long as what you were doing is a, a, a core bunch of foundational habits that kind of safeguard against weight gain or, or, or part of a healthy lifestyle, let's say, I bet you, you do better than you think. I'm not saying it's always that simple. I am saying that for a lot of you guys, um, you probably would do better than you think if you, if you focused on, Hey, I'm just going to keep doing what I've been doing, maybe including using the food scale, just from a, from a portion size perspective, you, you probably do better than you think. Um, All right, we will chat soon. Thank you guys for listening. I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Where Optimal Meets Practical. If you liked the episode, it would mean the world to me if you posted a screenshot to your social media or left a five-star review on iTunes. That stuff really helps. If you ever want to get in touch with me, just shoot me a DM on Instagram, at Jordan Lips Fitness. I'm always around to chat. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.